truth-seekers, freedom fighters, defenders of liberty, deplorables, lizard people, and ultra-magas. I'm your host, Becca Marie, and you are listening to Freedom Speak on Conservative Talk ABQ KDAZ, 96.9 FM, 700 AM, and listen from anywhere at conservativetalkabq.com. Check out my website at freedomspeakwithbeccamarie.com, where you can listen to playbacks of any of my previous shows, as well as other useful resources. You can send me your questions and comments and get started advertising by emailing me at beccamarie.com nm.com have a lot of great things to talk about today i've got a really great guest with me today and i think it's going to be a really good conversation i've been doing a lot of thinking about this thing going on with biden trying to give away our sovereignty to the who not the musical group the World Health Organization, as well as the surveillance state. Both of these things kind of have me uh, very, very concerned, and they're both very connected in my opinion. So I want to start out with uh, reciting an address by George Washington when he resigned his commission on December 23rd, 1783, as general of the army when uh, after we had the revolution, Revolutionary War, Why did we fight the Revolutionary War? Well, it was to get away from tyranny and have sovereignty and have freedom and liberty. So it goes, Mr. President, the great events on which my resignation depended having at length taken place, I have now the honor of offering my sincere congratulations to Congress and of presenting myself before them to surrender into their hands and the trust committed to me and to claim the indulgence of retiring from the service of my country. Happy in the confirmation of our independence and sovereignty and pleased with the opportunity afforded the United States of becoming a respectable nation. I resign with satisfaction the appointment I accepted with diffidence, a diffidence in my abilities to accomplish my arduous a task, which however was superseded by a confidence in the rectitude of our cause, the support of the supreme power of the union and the patronage of heaven. The successful termination of the war has verified the most sanguine expectations and my gratitude for the interposition of providence and the assistance I have received from my countrymen increases with every review of the momentous contest. While I report repeat my obligations to the army in general, I should do injustice to my own feelings not to acknowledge in this place the peculiar services and distinguished merits of the gentlemen who have been attached to my person during the war. It was impossible the choice of confidential officers to compose my family should have been more fortunate. Permit me, sir, to recommend in particular those who have continued in service to the present moment as worthy of the favorable notice and patronage of Congress. I consider it an indispensable duty to close this last solemn act of my official life, my commending the interests of our dearest country to the protection of Almighty God and those who have the superintendence of them to his holy keeping. 
Having now finished the work assigned me, I retire from the great theater of action and bidding an affectionate farewell to this august body under those orders I have so long acted. I here offer my commission and take my leave of all the employments of public life. The founders did not risk their lives, fortunes, and sacred honor casting off the rule of King George III so that 200 years later, the United States could subject itself to the whims of unelected foreign bureaucrats and international lawyers. Sovereignty was essential to the founding of America in 1776, and it is essential to America today. It has become obvious to me after a fraudulent election in 2020 and the push by the current regime ruling our country towards globalism and the new world order that the dream of a sovereign country by the people and for the people imagined by the founding fathers of our country is in serious danger of collapse. We have seen a total disregard of the U.S. Constitution by a Democrat party that has been taken over by a dino... <laughs> Democrats in name only, communists, dino communists. Think about that. In this case, based on the age of many of the decrepit, senile fixtures cluttering the halls of Congress, the term dino could have a dual meaning. We've seen Democrat politicians ruling with an iron fist, disregarding their place as a public servant, and using a pandemic emergency as justification. Today, our sovereignty faces new threats. International organizations and courts seek to reshape the international system. There's a push to get nations to give up their sovereignty and be governed by a global consensus. Independent, sovereign nations will be replaced by transnational organizations that reject national sovereignty. The demand that the United States bow to this global consensus does not respect American sovereignty. The offenses the founders complained of in the Declaration of Independence now have an international flavor. This new project is filled with examples of institutions, courts, and taxes that violate the spirit of the Declaration of Independence. We now see the Biden regime proposing amendments to the international health regulations, which can potentially enable a consensus of socialist foreign countries to dictate to the American people. What the Biden administration is trying to do is establish an international treaty with countries that don't respect American values. I wonder how many Americans don't know that a treaty must be approved, approved by two-thirds of the senators in the U.S. Congress and that it needs to be constitutional to be considered legal. We see this regime filling our country with foreigners that don't speak English, have no knowledge of the founding documents that protect our freedom and liberty, and are being bought off with free health care, government handouts, government housing, and free cell phones. Worst of all, there is a push to make them Democrat voters as well as count them in national census, increasing the representation of big left-leaning states. FISA courts are indirectly issuing warrants to spy on American citizens, bringing to bear the power of the FBI, CIA, and any number of unelected bureaucratic agencies to track your every movement and find a crime to charge you with. If you are deemed an enemy of the state, you become a person in search of a crime. 
To help our ever-growing, tyrannical, all-powerful federal government in tracking down those classified as a threat, we have an overbearing surveillance state emerging, which is like something out of an Orwellian sci-fi movie from years ago. Since virtually everyone has a cell phone these days, we can all be tracked by geotracking, which is built into every phone. Cameras are everywhere. Almost all video and audio communication is digitized, which means all this data can be tracked, traced, categorized, and searched right down to every single word you say or text on your phone. If it's connected to the network, the government can access it. The government can contact trace you anytime they want. All of these resources could be potentially utilized by an international police state. Where are the liberals that were always mentioning the right to privacy now? In our Declaration of Independence, one of King George III's offenses included, he has combined with others to subject us to a jurisdiction foreign to our constitution and unacknowledged by our laws. Although the American colonists were British subjects, they never consented to be bound by the commands of the British Parliament, a legislative body in which they were not represented. The purpose of government is to secure the people's rights. Legitimately sovereign governments derive their powers from the consent of the governed. Thus, American sovereignty is justified by the inherent God-given right of self-government. International organizations seek to dictate the fundamental aspects of Americans' personal and professional lives. Committees whose members include egregious human rights violators such as Cuba, China, and Syria regularly admonish the U.S. to implement racial and gender, gender quotas and lecture American families on how to raise and educate their own children. In recent years, international organizations and foreign leaders have proposed international taxes on airline tickets and financial transactions, taxes that would be borne by American citizens and businesses. The revenues collected would be spent by unaccountable international organizations. The founders rejected taxation without representation. This is just one of many examples of how international encroachment has already weakened our national sovereignty. I want to conclude with a, woat, a quote by Woodrow Wilson from January 22, 1917. No peace can last or ought to last, which does not recognize and accept the principle that no right anywhere exists to hand people's about from sovereignty to sovereignty as if they were property. So that's a lot, isn't it? And I think that all of that has, it just kind of wraps it all up on a lot of things that we're seeing right now. We're seeing, we're seeing a effort to give away our sovereignty. We've seen over the past couple years in which the constitution has been completely trampled. All of these God-given inalienable rights which we have by nature have been violated. These are things that are supposed to be guaranteed, protected by the US Constitution. And our government officials, their main duty is to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States of America, which means they defend our liberty. 
In fact, they've been trampling our liberty. And I know technology is a wonderful thing, and people love technology. It makes their life easier. But that technology is being weaponized against us. And the government is using it to turn the entire country, the entire world, into a surveillance state to enforce their whims of enslaving all of us. Anyway, so I've got a good friend of mine, a little lady with a really big voice. <laughs> Corrine Rios has joined me today, and I'm sure she's going to have a lot to say because that's a lot to unpack there, I Absolutely. think. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, go ahead and tell everybody a little bit about who you are, Corrine, and... Okay, well, I'm Corinne Rios. I'm uh, a native New Mexican. I have five children, five grandchildren. Um, I have a master's degree in elementary education, and I left education about 25 years ago when I actually saw what was going on uh, in education. And I've been homeschooling for 24 years now. Um, I still have a 12-year-old, so I'm still homeschooling. Um, I stepped out and... Um, uh, of the church actually and uh, do home church now with my husband and my family. I wrote a book on how to overcome the flesh versus spirit. And for some reason, Rebecca, uh, I'm a campaign manager for, for J Block. Uh, and I look back and I'm like, how the heck did that happen? Because I've been really just sitting on, I don't wanna say sitting on my couch, but I have been uh, not paying attention to what's been going on because I've been at home raising for children. A lot of people are that way. Exactly. And uh, I tell myself, well, at least I have an excuse, but everybody else is super busy working uh, uh, and, and we're just not involved. Oops. Sorry about there? that. <laughs> Sorry about that. I'm also at very animated. <laughs> She Apparently, your microphone. <laughs> <laughs> and so with the 2020 Trump, can, uh, even in 2016 is when I really started, my eyes started opening up to what was going on. Um, and then so I helped in the 2020 campaign with Trump and I just put up uh, signs for Trump in Sandoval County. And that may not be a big deal, but it is a big deal. It's part of our republic and our freedom of speech and all this stuff. And and then I got to be asked to uh, pray with a candidate who said she was going to run for governor. And so I started there. And then I became a volunteer campaign coordinator for her and learned a lot. And then uh, in March, I actually uh, went to go, I uh, went signed a contract with Jay Block to be his campaign manager. And I don't know how that happened because I didn't have no campaign managing 101, you know, and, but you know what, I think what it is, uh, Becca, is that um, I'm angry. I think um, a lot of us are. A mama bear and a grandma bear. Mm -hmm. And when your son comes to you after the 2020 election, my 20 year old who had just voted for the first time and he's sitting there and he says, mom, what's the point? What is the point of voting? Because I know that my guy won but yet he's not sitting up there. And I thought, this is so wrong. And then my daughter-in-law who just finished her um, a veterinarian uh, assistant school online, she goes to try to get a job and she's forced to get a vaccination and I became more angry. And I thought, what is our country becoming? 
And so that's where the Lord has put me and that's why I'm out to help in any way the Lord wants me to help, whether it's putting out signs like I was doing yesterday mm -hmm. um, uh, or going to rallies or speaking on behalf of a candidate. I'm there because I don't like where our country is headed in it. I don't want to see my children or my grandchildren live in a country like that. Yeah, I think the Lord opens up doors for us. We just have to pay attention. We just have to be receptive. It's kind of like that joke goes. It's like, you know, the guy's stranded out there uh, in a flood there on top of his house. Mm -hmm. and, and, and he's praying to God, oh my God, save me from this. And a boat comes by and a helicopter comes by and he sends them all away. Yeah. No, God, I'm, God's going to save me. It's like, and, and then God says, after the guy drowns, it's yeah. like, well, I sent you a helicopter. I sent you a boat. It's like, what's up, you know? Exactly. It's like, so you have to, you have to be aware of the doors when they open and you have to be willing to walk through them. And I think that's been the case for a lot of us over the past couple of years. Yeah. I know it certainly has to me. It's like when all of this started happening, I just, you know, I had a lot of things going on in my life. I, that before that, that were just going really, really bad. And it's like, okay, I think I'm supposed to get away from this stuff, but what am I supposed to do? And yeah. then, and then these, these opportunities came up and it's like, okay, well, I'll, you know, and I prayed about it. It's like, okay, just show me what you want me to do and, yeah. and I'll do the best to do it. And what's so amazing, I, I was talking to my friend that coming over here this morning and, and uh, when I met her, she was having a lot of personal problems which a lot of us do, the drama of it all. Mm -hmm. And now that she's really plugged in to getting um, our governor out of office, all of those things have just like, have become, I don't want to say insignificant, but we're putting our energy in something else that really, really matters to all people in, in New Mexico. And she says, I am so focused, Corrine, on, on helping my candidate of choice get out there and, and spreading the word. And she, she did something for abortion. And, you know, we just need to be laser focused like that. And, and it's hard because there are a lot of things want to come and distract us. But you know what? And, and if you're like you, like you hit, said, you just got to see the open door. And we have to be willing to be obedient to the Holy Spirit and not worry about fear or what are people going to think? Or if I even come out against the vac vaccinations, what are my friends going to think? And mm -hmm. I think that stops a lot of us being um, obedient to the Holy Spirit. Because I know so many people who, well, I know I shouldn't wear the mask and I know I shouldn't get vaccinated. But then our humanness comes in. You know, they don't want to be disliked. We, we, we don't want to be shunned. We don't want to have persecution. And so they just go along with it because it's easy. And I understand that. Well, yeah, and that's, and that's what they're counting on. They're counting on fear, yes. intimidation, peer pressure, all of these things Absolutely. to make you become obedient. And, you know, I remember years ago, I, I grew up going to church. I grew up in a Baptist church mm -hmm. myself. And one thing that you always hear about is, you know, you hear about in the book of Revelation, you hear about the mark of the beast and all these kind of things. And I think throughout my life, I always wonder, it's like, well, why would everybody just roll over and do that? Why would they go along with that? Yeah. Well, now we're seeing exactly how easy it is to get people to do something like that. I mean, they've rolled over under minimal pressure and worn a mask when it, there was no really evidence to do it. It's like, no, we just want to see if you're going to do that. Yeah. Just like we want to see if everybody's, if we, if we put a little bit of fear in everybody, if they're going to run out and clear the shelves of toilet paper. Yeah. You know, I think, I, I actually think that was the beginning. It's like, that was the test. Oh, absolutely. It's like somebody said, so, I don't even remember anybody saying something about that, but apparently somebody did. Mm -hmm. And, and then we saw how people reacted and they literally just raided all the stores and we were out of toilet paper for weeks. Yeah. And, but 
but I think we're seeing how easily people can be manipulated. Yes. And, and it, why are we manipulated? Uh, why are we brainwashed? Lack of faith, I think, is part of it. I, I think, you know, for me, I'm, I'm a biblical counselor and a, and a biblical mm -hmm. teacher, and um, I've been in church all almost 25 years. I, I don't belong to any organizational church, um, but I can tell you that we are not loving the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our mind, and all our soul. We're not using our minds to research, to go into the scriptures and find out. We are not using our mind as Christians and as people. As people in general. Absolutely. Like, just like what I've been doing on the radio the whole time, and even before that, when I was out speaking out at rallies and things yeah. like that. The, the idea is I don't want to tell you what to think. I simply want to present you with the yes. facts as much as I possibly can. And I want to get you to start thinking for yourself. For yourself. Because ultimately it's like, it's like anything else. Unless you come to that conclusion on your own, you're not going to take action. Right. You know, you have, to, you have to do it on your own. And, like, and it takes work. I mean, it's not easy trying to find the truth. No. It just isn't. No, especially with the with the media Ugh. and 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 big tech. I mean, they're doing their best. And not even that, but let's just go down to a real human level, just the gossip. You know what I mean? When somebody comes to you and says, Oh, somebody said this and somebody did this and somebody did this, you Oh, people just take it as truth. Right. And it drives me bananas, you know, instead of saying, oh, have you talked to Creed? Have you talked to so-and-so? And if you maybe haven't talked to them to God, you know, who the truth, why would people want to go spread that truth? And that happens so much. It happens, all, it happens to me. It happens it, to you. Ha it happens to all kinds of people. Yep. And it's like, okay, it's like, well, who told you this? Yeah. Well, how, how, how do they know? But see, this? we don't even question it. No. People who are listening to the gossip mm -hmm. or listening to these so-called facts that are true don't even question it. That's our problem. We have a problem yeah. asking a simple question. And let me tell you, I'm done ha being that way. I, I don't want to fit in. I, I don't care to fit in. I don't. And I think, you know, I look back on my life and I've been a black sheep my whole life. Got yeah. pregnant at 16. You know, um, I was the first one in my college, uh, in my family to get a degree being pregnant at 16. I, I left uh, my liberal democratic family and became conservative. Um, you know, I left my church. I questioned my pastors. And I think all these things in my life have really upset me up to question things and not follow the crowd. Vaccinations. My, I have an older son when I was pregnant. I had an older son and I did the vaccinations. I didn't know better at 16. Mm -hmm. I just did what my parents told me to do. Sure. And, what, and then 12 years later, I had my second set of children and I did not get them vaccinated. You know why? I did the research. Right. I exactly. did the research, went online, or I don't even know how, how we found out all this information. And the Lord led us to do what was right for us and our children. And we asked the questions. We did the research. And so for 24 years, none of my kids, I've been fighting vaccinations, you know. And so we need more people to ask the questions and then do the work of getting the 
right information. Well, and the thing is, is especially over the past couple of years, it has become so outrageous, the things that they're pushing and the lies that they're telling and the way in which people are being suppressed. It's just, it's amazing. People that other, otherwise you would think of would be people that are of a high authority that have, have an education, yep. a, long, a long background, and these people are trying to speak out and yet they're being suppressed. Yep. And they're being, and I make fun of this all the time, they're being suppressed by fact checkers yep. on on, on social media and every place else in which these people, people are simply just uh, left-wing uh, opinion people. Yeah. That's, that's it. They, they're get, what, nobody, why does nobody question their qualifications? It's like, why, do, why doesn't anybody question the qualifications of the fact-checkers? Who are yeah. these fact-checkers? They're mysterious people that nobody knows who they are, and yet nobody questions who they are. Okay, what's your qualifications? What's your background? What's your education? And, and, you then, know, too, wh- and then, too, you, you say this is false, a uh, posting. Well, why don't you tell me why it's false? Yeah, tell me why it's false. Tell me, you know, nobody questions, nobody asks. They don't provide that information because mm-hmm. everybody just thinks they're that's right. Yeah. That what these fact checkers are saying are correct. Uh, yeah, and I, it's our fault. Yeah. Uh, you know, it really truly is we the people, our fault. When, when it comes down to it, it's our fault. Yeah, it just, it, it really gets me. I've talked about this before. You've got these people with like double PhDs, people yep. that have 20, 30 years experience in the field, and they speak out about something using actual scientific fact and actual data, and yet the fact checkers say, no, it's false information, yep. and they block them. It's like, yeah. and yet people believe the fact checkers. It's like, I don't get, I don't even, under, this is insanity. Yeah. I don't even understand this. But see, where, the, where we have the power is we don't have to be on that social media platform, mm. right? That's how you shut that down. But see, a lot of people, you know, stay, like for Facebook, for instance, right? When they have the fact checkers. We stay there um, for our own personal reasons. We stay there, but like... on I on, do it to know the enemy. Well, that's why I do it. Yeah. Because there's one or two people you can attack or uh, not attack, but you can attract to your side and you have to know what's going on. So mm-hmm. that's why I've allotted to stay there. Um, other areas, like uh, I remember in 20, when Trump was running the first time and Macy's took out his uh, ties from their store. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. Well, guess what a lot of us went and did? But, we canceled... But. We canceled our Macy's credit card. Yeah, there we go. There we go. And then what That's happened? How you push back. In Albuquerque, what happened? Macy's at Cottonwood closed down. Yeah. That is how, because money rules the world, and it just is really, that's the truth. That's mm-hmm. that's what happens. And so we as conservatives or whomever people, we have to not be tempted to go to the Target if we're sitting there slamming Target do you understand? You know, I stopped going to Target uh, over yep. the past couple of years when yep. I got thrown out of a couple of stores, yep. and and they ra- and they were they were following me around and harassing yep. me in there because I wouldn't wear a mask. It's like no. I'm never coming back. Yeah, I don't. I don't care. I don't care if Target is no longer uh, doing that nonsense. I've seen who they are. Yep. I no longer want to give them my money. And for all I care, they can go out of business. Yeah. And you know what? Some uh, I I did that. Uh, gosh, I haven't been in a Target really. Well, I had to go one time because I was in an emergency. But um, uh, I haven't really been shopping there for about seven years. Uh, for about seven years, we haven't been there. I don't go to Costco anymore. You know why oh, I don't well, go to Costco? You, well, you know why I don't. Yeah. Go. Yeah. yeah, but see, there are other people who badmouth them, but then they go to Costco. Yeah, and it drives me nuts. Well, I've I've had people tell me about Costco. They'll say, "Well, it's like there's stuff that I just really need there, yes. and it's like I'm on a budget, and it's like what? So you're gonna roll over? Yeah. What? And, because, and, and, because, and I think you and I've had this conversation wanna, about airplanes, right? 
Yeah. About yeah. the wearing oh, the mask and stuff. We got to tell that one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the mask thing. Yes. Well, yes. Oh, well, we got the other airplane thing, which is funny. But yeah, the mask thing with the airplanes. It's like, okay, I have not over the past couple of years flown in an airplane. Now, before yeah. that, I would fly in an airplane at least maybe once a year for one reason or another. Uh -huh, uh -huh. But I, I vowed to say, okay, as long as you're imposing this tyranny on me, I will never fly in another airplane. Yep. Now, I will now, as long as they're not going to be bothering me. Yeah. It's like, uh, I'm sorry, you don't have the right to get in my space and tell me I have yeah. to cover my face. Yeah, and, and, and that's your right mm -hmm. to decide what you want. And as a Christian, that's your right. Yeah. Right to decide because the, in the Bible it says, deny yourself. I, you don't want to wear a mask on an airplane. No. I may have to if I really need to go see my daughter. Everybody's situation is a little different. I had to wear a mask. I was so, in 2020, I had to have a hysterectomy. And I had to wear a stupid mask in the hospital. And it was either get a hysterectomy or wear the mask and get it done. So I, everybody has a personal choice on what, uh, where they draw the line, mm -hmm. right? Um, and I didn't wear a mask anywhere. I didn't even own a stupid mask. But you know what? I needed that. I need that medical. I needed that medical operation because I was miserable. So... It was okay. I go to the hospital, have my little mask on. As soon as I get into the, um, the pre-op section, guess what they did? They took off my mask. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sitting there. This is like so stupid. It's like these magical zones in which the COVID floats around, but it's like there's this invisible yeah. barrier. You know, it's kind of like when you go to a restaurant. Yeah. It's like, well, you have to wear a mask going walking to the table. But when once you're sitting in, in at the table, yeah. uh, then you're inside this magic force field. And, and it's like I, the COVID does And I even asked the nurse, I said, oh, so I get to take off my, my mask so I could breathe in some oxygen? <laughs> yeah. And she looked at me and she just shook her head because they, they knew how ridiculous it was. But I think everybody gets their, their decision. But I think what we've been finding is that, you know, you'll bash and bash and bash a company, but then you'll just gladly go and do it for your own self gratification. You know, where, where are the warriors? Where are they? Well, you know, you, you know the Bible better than anybody else that I know. I Have you memorized the whole thing? Oh, no, no. For, no. no. I, I, you've got me fooled. I think. No, like I don't. Believe me. But, but, but anyway, it's like when it's talking about the, the mark of the beast, mm -hmm. how if you don't take the mark, you won't be able to buy or sell. Well, that's essentially kind of what we've been seeing. So I'll tell you what, uh, Corrine, we're at the 30-minute mark. We're going to take a short Already? break. Already? Yes. Isn't that, isn't that awesome? Wow. It, it time flies, I'm telling you. So we'll be back. we got lots more to say. Okie dokie. We haven't even got started yet. I know, right? <laughs> Busted flat in Baton Rouge, waiting for a train, and I was feeling near as faded as my jeans. Bobby thumbed a diesel down just before it rained, and rode us all the way into New Orleans. Agave Builders is a family and veteran-owned, licensed and insured GB98 construction company. I'm Michael Eustace, along with partner Ron Lucero. We specialize in helping disabled veterans obtain grants to the VA and nonprofit companies to remodel their homes. We can also handle all of your building needs, from small jobs to commercial buildings. We are also a premier American walk-in tub dealer. Call us at 505-385-6680. Also find us at agavebuildersnn.com and follow us on Facebook. 
Ribs Barbecue in Cedar Crest, New Mexico believes all positive things derive from freedom, liberty, and choice. Ribs is the conduit for heroes just like you. Go to ribsbbq.com and find carnivore contraband to support the fight against the crony global elitist. Ribsbbq.com. Looking for hard-to-find used car or truck parts? Looking for honest general mechanics work at affordable prices? Call my friend Joe at Southwest Auto Recyclers. Serving New Mexico for 30 years, veteran-owned and operated at 4025 Broadway Boulevard, Southeast in Albuquerque. Call 505-877-3331. 505-877-3331. Interested in getting your concealed carry permit? Perkins Protection Training offers state-approved concealed carry classes for both New Mexico and Utah, taught by a certified NRA instructor, local woman-owned and ran by husband-and-wife team since 2004. Individual coaching ensuring every student learns according to their individual needs, complete with pre-class and follow-up tutoring. One-on-one, -on -one, beginner, and advanced classes also available. Mention KDAZ for 10% off class. Call 505-238-1214. That's 505-238-1214 or on the web at Perkins Protection training.com Hey there, Ultra Magas. Welcome back to Freedom Speak. I am your host, Becca Marie, and you're listening to Freedom Speak on Conservative Talk ABQ, KDAZ 96.9 FM, 700 AM, and listen from anywhere at conservativetalkabq.com. I want to invite you to send me your questions and comments to beccamarienm at gmail.com. That is B-E-C-C-A-M-A-R-I-N-M at gmail.com. We're going to be going live very, very soon. The studio is being constructed. And um, until then, that's how we're going to communicate, by email. And I promise, you send me an email, you send me a question, I'll talk about it on the radio. Anyway, I'm sitting here with Kareen Rios, my good friend uh, and uh, patriot, and we've been talking about all kinds of good things. We were talking about, before the break, we were talking about rumors and gossip. And, you know, one thing I remember, I think I was at a service, it might have been at Legacy Church, and I think one week that Pastor Smotherman was talking about how gossiping is a sin. Mm -hmm. And the reason it's a sin, it's like, it's very simple. Gossiping hurts other people. Mm -hmm. and, and I've often talked about things like saying that I don't believe in victimless crimes. And a lot of people think that way. And it's like, yet there are a lot of crimes out there in which uh, they are there is no victim. And it's like, eh, I don't know, I have a problem with that. And I may argue that topic someday with a bunch of people. And it's like mm -hmm. all the crimes, they su suspect crimes that may be moral crimes to some people. Yeah. But when you're talking about the, the government, uh, it's not their job to impro impose moral, moral. morality. Yeah. Um, it's, it's the church's uh, yeah. job to do that. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so we were talking about the gossiping thing and you had a really interesting story because you and I were talking about this the other day on the phone and uh -huh. it, it really had me cracking up. <laughs> right? Yeah. But first, let me just start off by saying that, uh, uh, you know, we all have... Uh, the tendency to gossip. It's hard not to. It is a human nature. Mm -hmm. And I sure had my day, uh, my 
time in my life where gossip ruled the day. Mm -hmm. So I am um, not a perfect person in the gossip area. We just need to understand that. And when I counsel people, they'll often ask me, um, well, am I gossiping? And I said, if you're coming here for counsel, and uh, as a counsel, as a as a counselor, I need to know the situation. So if you're coming to me for counsel, and, and I'm helping you, and you're accepting my counsel, then it's really not gossip. Mm -hmm. Now, if you go to 20 other people, <laughs> maybe that's gossip, yeah, right? Yeah. And and in turn, if I gossip about what you told me, if I tell other people what you told me, that is gossip. So we need to kind of understand, and it's really hard for people to understand what is gossip and what is not. Now, for me, I share my stories. Uh, in my life to help people understand uh, how to apply things in life and what gossip looks like. A lot of the time I have to help people understand what passive aggressiveness is because we don't really understand what that means, believe it or not, mm -hmm. right? I was the queen of passive aggressive in my 20s and my 30s. <laughs> really? I know all about it and I can spot it a mile away, right? Um, so the story that I was, I'm in this new political this season in my life. Yeah, me I too. explained earlier. I, I never imagined I'd be in politics. Me neither, because you know what? <laughs> Actually, I remember when I first got together with my husband when I was 20 years old, we were talking about the Vietnam, uh, the Vietnam War. And I was like, oh gosh, I just like, what's the big deal? And he got so mad at me. Yeah. So it's been like, we've been together 35 years now. I remember now. when I was a kid, it was all that was on the television. I had no idea what they were talking about. Yeah. You know, every day, the Vietnam War, they were showing, you know, footage of soldiers on the ground. Yeah. And it's like, I was a little kid at the time. It's like, I had no idea what and that was And I grew up about. in a home where we didn't even talk about politics. We didn't talk about anything outside our little house and our sports and mm -hmm. our thing. And so I, to me, when I met my husband, I was like, what does that have to do with me? How, you know, and he really got so angry with me. So for 35 years now, this man has really been teaching me. He really truly has the history. I, I don't like history. But now it's so darn important. I didn't used to like history, but I love it now. Right, because past is a prediction of the future. I talk about it every week. Just yes. like, you know, I, I talk about like George Washington's farewell address. Yeah. Uh, it's like, wow, that's very, very insightful. And if you read it, it's like you understand what he was thinking and what and what he was talking. He was talking about what we're going through now. Yeah. It's like he was so proud of his country and how they had the Revolutionary War and they broke off from the tyranny of England and they formed this wonderful new country. Mm -hmm. This mm -hmm. new experiment in freedom and liberty, and and yet now it, we're seeing it torn down. Exactly, and it's and what does he say in the Bible? There's nothing new under the sun. Yeah. And throughout the ages, tyranny begets tyranny. Yeah. Right, and that's just the way it is. And if you don't understand that, you may not be able to spot that it's common. But anyway, in this new season in my life, um, I'm in the political arena. And what's so funny about this, that whole me being where I'm at is in 2018, um, I helped a friend of mine, Ethel Maharg. She got everybody together in the church and tried to pass out voter, voter guides for our last gubernatorial election. And we thought, we had this wonderful idea. We thought that if we would just get the church to give them the facts on where Steve Pierce and Michelle Lujan stood on issues, mm -hmm. we could beat her if the church just stood up and if they knew where they stood. And you know what? My family and a bunch of other people across New Mexico delivered those guides to the churches. And you know what? Some of the churches didn't even want to take them. No. Some of the churches were even mad at my son for delivering these voter guides. And here we are trying to inform the church, the congregations, and the leaders of those ch churches were telling my son, we shouldn't be involved. We shouldn't be involved in politics. We, and I was so mad. Well, you know, they're going by this false idea of separation of church and state. Correct. I'm sorry, there is no separation of church and state in the Constitution at all. And it's like the church has 
the First Amendment right to say anything they want to say. Yep. And if they want to speak out in a political way, they they have the right to do that. Absolutely. They literally have the right to do that. And Trump even came in, you know, because because of their nonprofit status, they're afraid to say things. Right. But mm -hmm. Trump changed all that when he took office in 2016. So this excuse that just shows me that these leaders of these churches are not even abreast, are not even up to date on the laws of the land. And yeah. that is even more um, uh, uh, that is horrible for a leader of a big, huge congregation to not know the laws of the land. And we've seen a falling away of so many churches oh, over the past couple of couple of years. You've you've found out who the real who the real deals are exactly. over the past couple of years. I know a handful of pastors which yep. stood firm and said, no, I'm sorry, uh, I am keeping my church open. Exactly. Um, it, is, it, is my, it is my duty. Yeah. As as a, as a Christian and as, as a pastor to keep the doors of my church open. And that handful, literally there's a handful of them across the country. And I know a few of them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And hats off to them for doing that. Yeah. You know, um, so this new season in my life, um, um, I'm here for a reason because I, I really, in 2018, I was so pissed off at the church. I really, truly was. I said, here you are, you're trying to equip us to go in the world, and here we are at concerts, here we are at football games, here we are in the world, but yet you don't even talk about civil service. You know, that? You, did you know that the only nation that is established under God was the nation of Israel? All the other nations have been man-made. Mm -hmm. Right? And so here the churches are telling us to go out and do all this, but you forget this one area of civil service where we as Christians can do the most good by passing godly laws. So I was pissed off. Uh, you know what? I'm so irritated at, at the church at, in 2018. And the Lord had me write a book about how to understand uh, topics, healthcare, uh, immigration, poverty, um, from a biblical perspective. Mm -hmm. So I wrote that book, and so I, I went around and taught that to a couple of people to understand biblically. I, I see that sitting there. I didn't know you wrote a book. So yeah. it's, called, it's called... The Mind of Christ, uh -huh. How to Think with the Mind of Christ in Relation to Topics of Today. Because um, uh, after 2018, I did a lot of research, and I found this study that was called God's People Want to Know. And it was a by Barna Research Group. And what they found was that the congregations aren't being taught relevant topics in the church. And people, congregations, really want to know how should we be viewing immigration? How should we be viewing the wall? How should we be doing that? But the pastors aren't teaching them that. Well, you would think it would be the job of the pastors to relate biblical, uh, yes. biblical uh, teachings to current events of what's going on in the world. You yep. would think that that would be part of what they're supposed to do. Exactly, but here you go. It's in the realm of politics, so you don't teach that. That's right. Right? Separation of church. So here's state. what some of the, the greatest information that congregations wanted to know. They wanted to know about abortion, the beginning of life, the right to life, con contraception, adoption, and unwed mothers. They wanted to know about religious persecution. They wanted to know what God thought about poverty, uh, sexual identity. They wanted to know about war. They wanted to know about all these things that the church wasn't teaching. And it's right here. It's um, God's people want to know. Um, and it's a study that was done. And, and it found out that pastors aren't teaching those things. So that's why the church has become ineffective in the world. Well, you know I, what I think part of it is, and I think we're seeing this in, in all areas of, uh, of every, everyday life, you see that 
these pastors, especially all the megachurches that are out there now. I mean, when I was a kid there, I don't think there was any such thing as a megachurch. But they are so concerned with appeasing the masses and maintaining a membership and therefore yes. a cash flow yes. uh, that they're afraid to say things because they don't want to drive off members. Bingo. That's what I think. It's a business. Yeah, you just like I was talking on. about these, these big fund managers are controlling a lot of these corporations. They're yep. threatening these people like, well, we're going to cut off your money yep. if you don't do what we say. Yep. Same sort of thing. Absolutely. It's become a business. Yeah. And they've become ineffective because a business, uh, you're trying to please and appease your audience. But we know that the Lord Jesus Christ, in order to do anything, you have to look at yourself and you have to uh, understand the real hard truths of things. And uh, they, we don't do that in the church. We're just there to make people feel good. Yeah. Just to feel good. Okay, well, if you're always feeling good and, and you don't see that you're just sitting on your couch and you're the problem, you, you, it, it doesn't get you off well, the couch. Well, if you're doing the wrong thing, you don't necessarily need to be feeling good. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I was talking with you know, my... Part of, I, I, you yeah. know, something somebody said to me the other day, and I think I mentioned this to you, it, that is, uh, it, that was, and I really had to correct this person. It's somebody I really like a lot. Of course, I'm not going to say names. But they, they gave me, they, they told me that once you become a Christian, you no longer have the desire to, to sin. And it's like, uh, uh, no. It's like, uh, well, I which think, verse is that? Yeah, Show I know. me that. It's like, no. <laughs> I, I, think, I think what it is is like when you become a Christian, you feel more of a conviction yes. about when you do something, you f it weighs on you. It's like, oh, I'm not supposed to be doing that. That's what being a Christian gives you. It should. Yes, it gives you that little voice in your head yes. that's saying, oh, well, you need to but, stop doing this. But it's did you really right. know that actually if you hear that little voice in your head and you continue to disobey, you are actually uh, putting a set barrier between you and the Lord. And it's Psalm 66, 18 that says, because of your iniquity, you have, he doesn't hear you. And so what happens ultimately is that when you, when you are not obedient, you really are not sensitive to the Holy Spirit and you'll end up not hearing him at all anymore. Yeah. And that's what happens. But um, the, the story that, do we still have some time? Or are we going to take a break? Yeah. No, we got, uh, we got 15 minutes. So, so as yeah. far as this, um, uh, the church not being effective, I was talking with another lady in another ministry a couple years ago. And she, wa she was telling me that she wanted to do this big old conference to get Christians to teach them how to go teach in the world, non-believers, that abortion is wrong and everybody has a right to life. And it sounded so wonderful. And I looked at her and I said, you know what? In our church, we have people who believe abortion's okay. So if we can't even get the church as a whole to believe that abortion is wrong, does it ever st do you ever stop to think why we're ineffective in the world? Yeah. Do you ever stop to think why we're ineffective in the world today? And that's why, because as a whole, as a church, we're not united in those basic principles. And that's why we're ineffective because pastors aren't teaching it. People aren't thinking. People aren't doing their own researches. And then people aren't bold enough to go out and be doers instead of listeners. Um, but this other story about this, uh, this rumors and stuff. So I'm in this new arena. And so I wrote this book, got that going. And God put me here to help my friend. Um, and then I'm on the J block. And I'm like, well, that's amazing, God. Here you have me to, to be not to sit there and, and teach people the Bible, but actually show people. Mm -hmm. And so what's happened since um, I've been in here, there's a lot of gossip about you. 
Yeah. Right. There's yeah. there's just it's unbelievable. And I was telling you a couple of days ago that uh, me and the, a pilot flew down to Las Cruces on behalf of Jay Block, uh-huh. because that's part of what I do. I go speak on behalf of my candidate. And I went down there because there was a straw poll. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Neil donated his flight time and his gas. Uh, right. Let me just make this very which clear. Is total, which is totally. Uh, it's called an uh, in-kind donation. In-kind, I know. I'm a pilot. <laughs> right. Okay. And as long as you are not charging anything, Correct. You, you're not required to be a commercial pilot in order to take people with right. you someplace. And he is it's donating like, his time, his plane, and his gas right. to a candidate. Um, and so this has also been a rumor. You know, Jay Block is flying lap. He's, he's flying in the lap of luxury and spending <laughs> all this money. And I'm like, <laughs> what kind of plane are we talking about? Are we talking oh about a, a oh. Learjet or maybe a, 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 it's a just, Cessna it's, Citation? It's just or crazy a, what a people. Gulfstream or. Uh, uh, no, we're talking about a little four-seater Cessna. It's or a something. little four-seater, right? Yeah. But but the perception okay. is is that when you don't want to go get the truth and find out the truth, you know, you're the one that looks stupid because ultimately the truth is out there. Right. And I remember you saying that somebody said, and this is the gossiping thing. Well, they said they 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 had a plane load of people. Oh yes. Yeah, so it's like okay, yes, it was a it maybe it was a plane load, but actually it wasn't even a plane load. <laughs> but if it had been a plane load, it would have been a plane load of, of four, four people. people. <laughs> So what happened was is that Neil and I, the pilot, flew down to Las Cruces for the straw poll. And, you know, you had Dow supporters there. You had uh, uh, you had uh, Zanetti supporters there. You had Block supporters there. You had one Ronchetti supporter there. And you had no um, Ethel Mohark supporters there. So uh, we all presented our facts, and a lot of these people came from Las Cruces. Who's going to drive, you know, four hours to go out of their way to do a straw poll? So these were all local people except for Neil and myself because we went to represent Jay because they asked us to and they asked every single candidate to send a representative and Jay was the only one who sent a representative. So he won the straw poll. And it was exactly kind of like in line with what the uh, convention was. Mm-hmm. You know, it was at exactly, Jay was on top. Sure, uh, I mean, I was at that convention. Right? He overwhelmingly got, uh, exactly. got most of and the And it votes. wasn't a lot, but nonetheless, yeah. he won first. So then mm-hmm. we get home, we do a great job. I, I love talking to the people in Las Cruces. I've met some really good people. They just showed up. I only knew two people from Facebook conversations and the rest people, I didn't even know who they were. They just showed mm-hmm. up. Um, but now they're really good friends. Um, so then we get home, we we we... we a week later, uh, the lady who was at the event calls me and she says, yeah, I heard this lady, this prominent lady down there. She was telling me that she heard that Jay loaded up his plane and sent everybody to Las Cruces to vote in the straw poll. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, really? What did you say? And, she, and then the, my friend says, well, all I know of is the pilot and Kareem. So what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, well, that's just what I heard. And she didn't even want to listen to the truth. And this was my friend. Yeah. Both of those were my friend. And she didn't even want to call me for the truth. And, and uh, I mean, if she wants the truth, I mean, the lady who picked us up at the airport can vouch. The man at the terminal can vouch. There were only two people on this four-seater right. plane. <laughs> right. right. You know, and I, it, just, it just astounds me. But see, that's the thing about gossiping, okay? One person tells one person, yep. okay? And then that person tells another person. And the story gets continually distorted. We've seen exactly. that. We know how that goes. Yep. And it's like, so that's why gossiping is so bad. Absolutely. 
Yeah, especially I, when it hurts another person. And, and it's really hard because we all want to be part of the juiciness, right? That's I think right. there's even a scripture in the Bible that says, yeah, it's going down. It's all juicy and wonderful, but then uh, it really just, it, it hurts you and it hurts people because it makes you look bad. Yeah. Ultimately, in the long run, it makes the person hurt, uh, makes uh, you look bad because you're, you're gossiping and you don't even know the truth. And I know the truth of me in the plane because it was just me on my booster seat in the plane. <laughs> Your booster seat. Yeah, you know, those planes, the dash is kind of high yeah. on them. I would imagine if you didn't use a booster seat, the only thing you would see is like maybe the airspeed indicator well, and that's about it. Well, let me just tell you, even with the booster seat, I couldn't really see over the, <laughs> over the top. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just so funny. And, and, you know, I come to a point in my life where I, uh, I, I would have called that person and I wanted to call that person, make it a big deal. And I'm just like, you know what? It's just not worth my time because I know the truth. And when you know the truth, you have peace. So let them gossip. Right. Really, just let them gossip. I, I, I just, I'm done with it. I, I have more important things to do than address a stupid gossip because I'm, I'm nobody. I mean, really? Really, I'm not, I'm not anything, but uh, it, it hurts everybody. And if people, can I just encourage you today, if you hear somebody gossip, ask a question. Who told you that? Where did you hear that? Did you right. talk to her? Did you get the truth? You need to do that. If, if you say you love the truth and you want to be a seeker of the truth, you need to start asking questions. Don't you think that's important? Oh, totally, totally. Yeah. And it's, it's the same thing I say, like, when you're listening to mainstream news or anything anybody tells you. It's like, okay, why are you just taking at face value what they say? Because uh, aren't you asking questions? For me, it's like when I'm doing this radio show, for me, it's like I will watch the news because for me, that is like oh, okay, that's an interesting topic. Now I'm going to do some research and I'm going to see if yes. I can find the truth. So I don't take what they say as necessarily the fact. Until like, you figure it out yourself. Right, right. just yep. like some of the topics we're going to talk about today. Yeah. The mainstream news is only skimming them. And <clears throat> like, for instance, this whole thing with this uh, with the WHO oh, my. and Biden. Okay, yep. I wonder how many of these uh, news reporters have actually read mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. that particular proposal. Now, I sat down yesterday and I read the whole thing. Yeah. I took notes. I, I, I studied How many it. pages was it? Was it 267 bazillion oh, pages? Oh, heck, heck no. <laughs> it's like right here. It's, it's like, I don't oh, know. Oh, so it's, for the contract with the, uh, that's a proposal? It's yeah. only, what, seven pages? It's uh, 18 pages, I think. Oh, and what was that one bill that we had to vote on it before we could read it that had like, do you remember that? Oh yes, you have to you have to pass the bill before in order you can to read see it. what's in it. That's oh, what Nancy but, Pelosi said. But for the uh, WHO, it's only 18 pages. Yeah, it's not very ah. long. Yeah, it's it's not very. Well, how long. interesting is that, huh? Yeah, I know. Well, just like you know, uh, last year I was talking about the Georgia voter reform bill. You know how Coca-Cola mm -hmm. and all these companies oh, yep. came out and said, "Oh, well, Georgia's racist, and we're going to pull the All-Star game out of out of Georgia." because of this racist bill and all of these things that the the mainstream news was talking about. And here I, I even discussed a, a bill yesterday that uh, is being proposed in which the politicians are actually taking into account what the mainstream news has been talking about. It even puts it in the bill. Well, news sources have said, it's like, what? Yeah. I can't believe this would be in a in a yep. bill that a politician would be trying to pass? Yep. What, they're getting their facts from the news? Really? Well, you know why they do that? Because if the average Joe sees that and they are 
in line and believe everything that the media says. Yeah. yeah. That's why they do it. I know. Because it's a brainwashing tactic to brainwash somebody to get your bill passed. It is. That's what it is. Just like what we talked about earlier about people, they, they, they take the word fact checker. Mm -hmm. And I think what it is, is I think they think, oh, they're a fact checker, so they know everything. And so therefore, what they say, we should listen to. Forget what that guy with the, that stupid guy with the PhD said. We don't care what he said. Yeah. We're going to listen to these unnamed fact checkers mm -hmm. in which we don't know their qualifications. We don't know the reason. Like a lot of the things I post on my Facebook page, they'll put on there partly false or false information, but they don't say why it's false. Exactly. Well, explain to me why exactly you think it's false because if it's let's false... Have a let's have a discussion. I would love to have a conversation. <laughs> and yeah. it's just like when people say things to you. It's like, okay, let's talk about this. Tell me why. You yeah. think it's partially false But you know what? Nobody false. wants to talk I these days. I want to have this conversation. But nobody wants to talk these days because when you start no. a conversation and they you don't. ask questions, you are divisive. You yeah. are argumentative, Green. You are so always looking for conflict. And I'm like, it's just a discussion. What is wrong with right. you people? Well, and so people are, some people have over the past couple of years been so bombarded with, with information, which I personally believe is false and there is actually plenty of evidence yes. out there that it is false mm -hmm. but they've had it repeated to them so many times yes. that they believe it and they become so set in that belief yep. that if you say anything that contradicts that belief they'll get up and walk away I had this happen to me yesterday and it's like you know, when it has to do with this uh, so-called vaccine, oh, which yeah. I'm not going to call a vaccine Right, right. You know, that's an experimental like, shot there it's an experimental mRNA yep. gene therapy, therapy. is yep. exactly what it is. So, yeah. and you know, we'll probably have some things to talk about that too over the next couple of hours. But um, yeah, so so the point I want people out there to, to think about is you need to ask yes. questions. Ask questions of what I'm saying. I, I, when, I, when I finish doing one of these shows and I upload my show to my website, I also upload my show notes, which has all my links to my, the websites that I went to, things like that. And so you can look and you can, you can fact check what I'm saying. I, mm -hmm. I actually want you to yeah. do that. I want you to ask questions. And just like when my show goes live and I got people that can call in, if I say something which they believe is not necessarily true, I want them to call in and challenge me and we will, I won't get all offended. We'll right. have a conversation about yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Because if I am not correct about something, I want to know it. Yeah, you know, that's what I always tell when I teach my flesh versus spirit Bible study. Mm -hmm. I always tell people, don't take my word for it. Get in the Bible and mm -hmm. look for yourself yeah. because that is so important. Questions are good. What, what do they tell you in school? There's no dumb question. It's true. There is no dumb question. Ask the question. Questions are good. And if you look through the Bible, actually, there's a bunch of questions. Yeah. I mean, what did the apostles do? What, Jesus? What do you mean by that? You know, and here you're thinking, oh my gosh, you asked Jesus that question? And he answered them. But mm -hmm. I think what happens a lot of the time, Becca, is that when somebody asks a question, uh, a lot of people don't know how to respond yeah. in a godly manner. Yeah. And then it becomes a fight and an argument. And then it goes into the personal attacks. 
Yeah. You know, we can't, we haven't learned how to have a good, solid discussion and stick to the facts. And I think that's why people don't want to ask questions because they're afraid that it's going to turn into something that it can't. And so for years now, I have been really practicing sticking to the facts of a conversation on Facebook. When people want to go all the way left and, and, and get me diverted, okay, you didn't answer my question. Let's right. stick to the facts. Right. Let's talk about it. And so we haven't taught, especially in the church and people in general, how to have a good debate, a good discussion. And that's what I think is why we are also in the spot that we're in. So we are uh, at the end of the first hour. Jeez. And yeah, and that's fast. So what we're going to talk about at the beginning of the first hour, we're going to talk about some predictions that mm. were made about what would happen to our country if the Democrats gained power. And this was from back uh, in August of 2018 mm -hmm. that I saw this article. It's really interesting. Yep. And then we're going to get into talking about why exactly was the 2020 election the most secure in history. There again, people aren't asking questions. And uh, I think that totally goes along our line of conversation. So we'll be right back after this break. <laughs> 